The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, and Peter sat among them. All right, I'm going to stop right there. So kind of tie what we studied previously to this. So earlier in chapter 22, the things that have been happening, um, Judas agrees to uh, turn Jesus over to the Pharisees. The disciples and Jesus have the Seder meal, the the, um, the Passover meal. But it became, instead of a Seder meal, it became what we call the Lord's Supper or communion or the Eucharist. They're all words that have been used to describe this meal that we have at churches. Although it's not exactly a meal when we have one little piece of, piece of bread and uh, one sip of, of either wine or grape juice. But that's what we call it. And the disciples and Jesus left the city in this upper room that they were in and went out of the city into a garden, into a wooded area. And Jesus prayed. And during that time while they were walking, he told Peter that Peter was going to deny him. That goes back in verse um, 21. I'm sorry, 31. Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. But Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you deny me three times that you know me. Today, well, this was the middle of the night, or it was early evening anyways, when Jesus makes this statement. And as you read through there, it's the same night. Continues on. Jesus gets to the garden and they pray. And, and Jesus tells the disciples, pray that you don't fall into temptation. He tells all the disciples that. But I imagine he was looking at Peter when he said that. Don't fall into temptation. And we know that Jesus prayed fervently. And then the mob comes. The uh, authorities come, led by Judas. And remember, as they're coming, this is nighttime. It's the middle of the night. They do not have street lights. They don't have flashlights. So everything is dark. People are just seen by whatever moonlight or starlight there is outside. And maybe as they're coming, they had some torches that provided some light. Um, but that light doesn't go out very far. And so there's Peter. And Peter said, what did Peter say? He says, I will defend you. I'll go to prison for you. And he, he backs up his word because when they go to arrest Jesus, he pulls out his sword and he attacks. 
He attacks. He is going to defend Jesus with his life. And he attacks, and instead of chopping somebody's head off or disemboweling somebody, all he got was an ear. And the only thanks he got from Jesus is Jesus said, stop that. And then he healed the man that he hurt. So Peter was thoroughly chastised. So here's Peter. He is gung-ho because Jesus told him that he's going to deny him. And Peter defends and says, no, I will go to prison with you. I will die with you. And he tried to pray with Jesus, but he kept falling asleep. And then he defends Jesus with his sword. He's ready to fight and die for Jesus, and Jesus rebukes him. First, Peter does it badly. Secondly, Jesus rebukes him and undoes, undoes the damage that Peter did. And then all the disciples run away, including Peter. But apparently, Peter didn't run too far. He ran just far enough until he realized he wasn't being chased anymore. So then he stopped running. And this account of Peter's denials in all four Gospels. And so I, I encourage you to go and read this in all four Gospels. Now all four are a little bit different. Each have some different details. But none of the details really uh, conflict with one another. Uh, the closest we have is the second person that questions Peter. Is that a man or a woman? But other than that, there, there's no conflict. There's just different details are put out. And so we're just going to look at the Luke one. We're not really going to study how the, it compares to the others. You can you can do that on your own. If you, if you want, you can come. We can sit down and talk about what's the differences and how that um, isn't a problem. And so here's Peter. He runs away, but he doesn't run too far. He ends up following them from a distance, so he knows where they're going. And we know from the other Gospels that John is with him. Well, we think it's John that's with him. And they're following Jesus. Where the other disciples went, we don't know. The other, We know there were ten more. We know what happens to Judas. What happened to the other nine, we, it doesn't say. But we know they all come back, except for Judas. So Peter followed from a distance, and he saw where they took Jesus. And then him and John get into, it doesn't say that here in Luke, but Peter gets into the courtyard, the outer courtyard, the backyard, so to speak, of the high priest's residency. And so a lot of the guards that were there to arrest Jesus were probably in there, plus some other servants, household servants that worked, that worked for the, worked for the high priest. We're in this backyard. Remember, when the rest happened, it was nighttime, so it's hard to see who was out there. It's not like they had infrared cameras that they could easily take pictures of everybody. Everybody was in shadows. The guards and the Pharisees and the mob that came to arrest Jesus were in shadows, and the disciples were in shadows. So you couldn't see anything out there. It was dark. And so Peter's in this backyard, and apparently Jesus was he could there was a someplace where they could see where Jesus was, and the and the his, him being questioned whether they could hear him or not we don't know, but at least they could see where what was going on. 
And so in verse 55, they, when he got to the courtyard, they lit a fire. Why? Because it was chilly at nighttime. How chilly? Was it super cold? I don't know how cold it was. But in the desert, when it's super hot during the day, even 70 degrees seems cold. You know, when the, when the daytime temperature was way over 100 degrees, 70 degrees, even if it was that cold, seems cold. I don't know how cold it was then, that night. But it was cold enough that they thought they needed a fire. And so they're all sitting around this fire, staying warm. In verse 56, when a servant saw him sitting in the light, looked closely at him, she said, this man was with him too. It says two also. Who, who, who's the other one? Well, like I said, we, we, there was another disciple in the courtyard, probably John the Baptist, John, John, John the Apostle, not John the Baptist. And apparently John didn't deny who he was, but for whatever reason, Peter was denying who he was. Maybe because of the, because he tried to cut somebody's ear off. Maybe he was trying to be sneaky. Um, or maybe he just didn't want to have anything. He wanted to know what was happening to Jesus, but he didn't want anybody else to know about it. We don't know what his motivation was. We don't know what thoughts were going through his head. But for some reason, he decides to say, no, I, I, I don't know who this Jesus was. Now, this was a, a maid, a, a young woman. She probably wasn't out in the part of the mob. But she probably had seen Jesus in the temple or in Jerusalem somewhere. And so she may have recognized Peter as being one of the men who was around Jesus, one of the disciples. So she, she probably recognizes Peter just from, from just being around town. But Peter says in verse 57, Woman, I don't know him. And so they, they, they sat around, they kept talking. It doesn't say how much time passes. It says after a little while. So it wasn't instant. Someone else said to him, you're one of them too, right? You're one of his disciples too. Now it doesn't say if this was somebody new that walked up or somebody was there and heard, heard the other woman talk. I, we, it doesn't say. But another person comes up and, the, and said, you're one of the disciples too. You're one of the guys that hung around Jesus too, aren't you? And Peter said, man, I am not. He gets a little bit more emphatic. Then it says in verse 59, about an hour later, remember this is still all overnight. It's still Everything is still in the dark. All they have is a campfire for light. Another about an hour later, in verse 59, another kept insisting, this man was certainly with him, since he is also a Galilean. Now, how in the world did he know he was a Galilean? Well, it says in Matthew that it was, his, his accent gave him away. You know, you can tell somebody from Texas by the way they talk, somebody from Alabama, somebody from New York City. You can tell where they're from by way, in some areas by the way they talk. Apparently, Galilean, people knew you were a Galilean by the way you talked. 
And they said, well, you, you have to be. Why else would you be down here? Why would a Galilean be hanging around the high priest's house? You, you must have been one of them from Galilee. Verse 60. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And so he, he and in all the gospel accounts, each, each instance, he's getting more emphatic. And saying, no, I don't know who he is. And I'm sorry I'm shaking the camera. It's just where it's sitting at. Um, I'm talking with this hand over here, and it's shaking the camera. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. And Peter denies it. And this is the third time that Peter denies that he knows who Jesus is. He didn't deny the deity of Christ. He didn't deny who Jesus was. He just denied him per personally that he knew who, that he was a, a personal acquaintance of Jesus. He did not deny the messiahship of Jesus. He just denied that he personally knew him, that he was one of the disciples. So this is not the same as what Judas did. Judas also did not deny who Jesus was as a person. But in spite of who he knew Jesus was, he heard Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. In spite of all that he knew, he still turned, told the authorities, the Pharisees, the chief priests, where Jesus was hiding so they could arrest him. That's a different kind of denial. That's a denial on a higher degree. Taking matters into his own hands. And while it was part of God's plan, overall, it still showed that Judas did not have the faith required for salvation. Because he did not trust Jesus' plan. He did not trust and follow him. Judas chose his own way. And part of that was choosing his own way for money. While he eventually gave the money back, it was too late. He gave it back out of guilt, but not out of repentance. And we see here, and we see later in the Gospels, Peter's reaction to this sin and how he reacts to it is very different. So in verse 60, can, we were still in verse 60. We only read the first part of verse 60. Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. So I imagine it's like Peter said, well, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And about the type he says about, the last word in the sentence is the rooster starts crowing. And probably crowed more than once. And it says in verse 61, Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Jesus, you know, Peter's kind of like, think of like it as a backyard, a courtyard area. It wouldn't be, wouldn't have been covered with grass. It just would still been gravel. May, may have been lined with, paved with stone. 
but Jesus was relatively close. They could see Jesus, and even if Jesus couldn't see them, he knew where Peter was. And, Pete, and Jesus turned, the Lord, it's turned and looked at Peter. So the Lord knew where Peter was and looked in the right direction, even if he couldn't physically see him with human eyes. Jesus, in his deity, knew exactly where Peter was. And he turned and looked at him. And Peter saw Jesus look at him. And Peter heard the rooster crow, and it dawned on him. And he remembered Jesus' words just from a few hours ago. They said, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter remembered Jesus' words. And he remembered how he couldn't stay awake and pray in the garden. And he remembered how he was chastised by Jesus for fighting. He remembered all those things. He remembered his confession of the Messiahship of Jesus. And all those memories come flooding back into him. And he left that courtyard. He said he went outside in verse 62. Well, they were in a courtyard, like a backyard. Weren't they already outside? Well, he, he left the courtyard. He left all the people that were there. And they were all probably completely puzzled about what's going on. Okay. I don't know if the rooster crowed at the right time or not, not at the right time. I don't know how close dawn was. But all of a sudden, Peter stops talking. He looks at Jesus. Jesus looks at him. I'm, so I'm sure some people notice that interaction, especially in the courtyard. It's like, why is Jesus looking at him? People in the, in, the, in the room where he was being questioned, probably like, what are you looking at out there? But they didn't know. They were clueless. And suddenly Peter gets up and leaves. He busts out the gate. Didn't break it. He just, I don't know, opened it and left. And he took off and he went running. Where he went to, it doesn't say. He just says he left, he left that courtyard. And he went somewhere and he cried. And he wept bitterly because he realized he failed Jesus. But he also realized that Jesus was going to get executed. That this was, was a death sentence going to the Sanhedrin court. And so he wept about that too. How do I know that? I don't. It doesn't say that. But Peter wasn't a dumb guy. He could put the pieces together. And so, so many things are all happening. And he went out and he wept. Here's Peter, this big, burly fisherman, who was just cussing up a storm, saying, I don't know who Jesus was. Because it says in the other accounts that he cursed this third time. And yet, and he goes out and he weeps bitterly. But how do I know his denial is different than Judas? Because Peter came back. He sought forgiveness. He was with 
all the disciples when Jesus rose from the dead. He ran to the tomb, hoping to see Jesus. He was there when Jesus came back and entered the room that was locked. He was there on the lake shore when Jesus is cooking fish for them. He was there when Jesus told them three times to, to, love, to, love, to love the sheep. When, be, when Jesus kept saying, do you love me? And he said yes three times. You read that in the other gospel accounts. G, John, what are you talking about? Peter was there. What happened to Judas? He killed himself. He did not seek forgiveness. Was he racked with guilt? Yes. But he did not trust God to make it right. He put he once again took matters into his own hands and he executed himself. Because he could not trust God. Even though he was selected as a disciple, he heard all of Jesus' sermons. He saw all the miracles that Jesus did, but yet when it comes down to this week, he could not trust God. He had to do things his own way. Looking for profit, looking for a shortcut, looking for power. And none of that came about. And he could not face Jesus. He could not face God. Even though on his death, he got to face him anyways. And so his denial, there was no repentance. There was no forgiveness because he did not repent. He turned his back on God. He turned his back on his brothers, his Israelite brothers, but also his, his the brothers, his disciples what we now say are brothers and sisters in Christ. He turned his back on them too and ran away from them. He turned his back on everybody. And he's gone. Peter did not do that. Though he denied Jesus these three times, he did not stay away from Jesus. He came back. And so we know that his tears were tears of repentance, not just tears of guilt. Not just tears of mourning that he got caught and all his life is messed up. These were tears of repentance and he came back to the, his brothers in Christ, the other disciples. He came back to see Jesus risen from the dead. He went to the tomb to look for the risen Savior. He eagerly sought him out when Jesus came. And that's what we should do. When we sin, not if we sin, when we sin, how do we react to it? Peter's was predicted specifically, accurately. I can't predict our sin that so well. I know that you will sin. You have sinned. And if you've never turned to Christ, you need to turn to Christ today for the first time in repentance. 
it may cause winter bitter weeping. But you turn to Christ for that first time to feel the forgiveness, the eternal forgiveness of your sins. Will there still be earthly consequences? Yes. But the eternal consequences are taken away. And if you are a Christian, you're in sin, you need to repent. Whether it's a little sin or a big sin. If it's a one-time sin, if it's a repeated sin. We need to constantly be in repentance for our sins. Sometimes it's just a sin of attitude. The way we, we look at other people, the way we talk to other people. Sometimes it's how we let our emotions rule us. It's how we hurt others with our words, with our actions. Sometimes with our face. Our face can hurt other people by the way we react to them. An eye roll is can be a sign of contempt. Contempt that hurts others. Sarcasm can be biting and hurtful. It's not always humor. Sometimes it is things like stealing and murder. Sometimes it's putting your trust in yourself and you become a workaholic. Sometimes it's a sign of greed and you can't share your belongings with anybody. Not your family, your earthly family, and not your, your, your spiritual family. You won't give your tithe to God. Because, fill in the blank, but you won't trust God and give a tithe to Him, even though all that you have comes from Him. There are so many sins, I couldn't name them all. Just envy and greed, just enviness. Last night when I was eating dinner, I was sitting outside on a sidewalk eating dinner and uh, somebody parked and apparently it was somebody that the people at the restaurant knew. It was a little small town, you know, small restaurant, mom and pop type of place. And a bunch of the worker, different workers came out and checked out the new truck the person was driving. It was a young lady that was driving and apparently daddy bought it for her. I was close enough that I could hear parts of the conversation. It's like, yeah, she's got this great big new brand new truck, and what am I driving? Yeah. I had to check my envy at the door, even so I was outside. God provides. We are to be satisfied with what we have. Peter thought he had a plan. His plan didn't work out. Judas thought he had a plan. His plan didn't work out. Peter repented. Judas did not. Be like Peter. Not that you deny who, who Jesus is, but that you repent with your whole heart. Even as if it means you have to weep bitterly. And so let's pray that's what you do, is that you repent. Repent for the first time. Repent for the umpteenth time. Sometimes we get tired of repenting as we're Christians for all our lives. It's like, God, how, why do I still have sin in my life? I've been a Christian for so long. Why is it still here? 
because we're still human. We're still in these bodies that are physically deteriorate as you get older. They get slower. They get weaker. They don't work so well. They break down. They don't heal as fast. They get sick easier. These bodies are mortal. They're temporary. We know that we will have heavenly bodies that will be permanent. That will be eternal. Don't know what we're going to look like. Will I have all my hair back? Quite possibly. Don't know. God does. We just know it's going to be better than what we got. And that's what we can trust in. So I pray that you can turn to God. Turn to God again. Turn to God for the first time. This is obnoxious. Okay. There we go. All right. So, let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you do. You're a mighty and a precious Lord. Help us to follow you in all that we do, each and every day. Help us to confess our sins to you. Help us to trust you for our lives and our plan. You had a plan for Jesus and his life on earth. It was a drastic plan. Any plan that you have for us is usually not quite that drastic. However, it still may be hard. It still may be some very difficult decisions. But help us to follow you in all that we do. And help us to truly repent for the first time, for the umpteenth time, over the sins that we have. Because you're the only one that can forgive us. We just pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, I thank you for watching and listening. Once again, I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor Nelson Nisley at Tower View Baptist Church. And, um, and uh, I, I thank you for watching. Um, there's our website, towerviewkc.com. There's our phone number, 816-368-1330. If you've got any questions, comments, if you've given your life to Christ, if you have questions about the faith, whether as a believer or one's searching, contact us. You can contact us through messaging there on, on the website. You can call. You can text that phone number, um, and somebody will get back to you. And so, you know, I pray. I pray that the whole, you listen to the Holy Spirit working in your heart and your mind today. Um, I pray that. You come worship with us if you're in Kansas City area. So church is at 1030. Um, the, the mayor of Kansas City has lifted the restrictions, some of the restrictions. So um, there are no more um, uh, quotas on the number of people allowed inside. And the space requirements is not um, has been lifted. However, the mask mandate is still there. So if you cannot keep um, the six-foot distancing, they're asked that you still wear a mask. And 
we and inside our sanctuary we can't do that kind of distancing. So we ask that if you're still inside, please still wear a mask. Um, but we'll be singing, we'll be doing the sermon. We are still doing drive through drive in church, not drive through church, but drive in church. The radio will still be on, and so you you can still listen that way. Um, looking at the weather, I don't, I'm not sure if Darren's going to be outside. Um, but like I said, the radio transmitter will still be on, so 90.7 you can listen. And you can come in. Reservations are no longer required. Um, the, seating, the seating assignments have been signed, except for the praise team, ha- have been taken away. Um, so you'll still see a few names up there. So I pray that you come to church. Like I say, I'd see you, but I'm not there, I'm not there today. I, I'm, I'm doing my army thing in some unknown location. Um, there, come on, there we go. So I thank you for watching and listening, and I, I thank each one of you for, for watching. I didn't do any shout-outs today because, obviously, um, I'm recording this and uploading it. And um, I will see you all later. Um, I'm probably going to record this again next week. So next week, my son Adam is graduating from college, and so we'll be down in Rolla to celebrate that and then going on a family camp out. So, but during the week, I'll be back in Kansas City. I'm coming back Monday. So I will talk to you all later. God bless and have a wonderful day.